Welcome to the Deerfield Family Theater Podcast. As part of our Meet the Production Team series, I had the privilege and honor to speak with Lauren Berman, the director of Big Fish. Speaking of Big Fish, in case you're tuning in and didn't already know, DFT is putting on a performance of Big Fish this November of 2022. Opening night is this Friday, November 11th, and that show is already sold out. So visit DeerfieldTheater.com to purchase tickets for one of the other five performances over this weekend and the next one. Without further delay, here's the interview. Lauren Berman, welcome to the DFT Podcast. We're so happy to have you here. Uh, the director of Big Fish, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hello, everyone. My name is Lauren Berman, and uh, I am a freelance director in the Chicagoland area, and I've been directing for over 20 years now, and I love it. So I'm excited to talk to you today. Well, uh, we're happy to have you here, and um, I've since I'm on the board, I've had a chance to see uh, Big Fish already in rehearsal, and I absolutely love it, and I'm so excited to see it when I'll be there with my wife in a couple of weeks. Um, but before we even get to Big Fish, Let's dive in a little bit to your your background. You know what got you into being a director, and I know you do so much more. So so talk, give us a little bit of the history. Oh, absolutely. So I actually, well, from childhood, I was in shows uh, with my dad um, uh, through another park district, and then my siblings. So I kind of I grew up with theater. I grew up with music, and so it's always been a passion of mine since I was little. And then I went to uh, UCLA undergrad and grad school. And it was in grad school, even though I was studying acting, I became fascinated with directing and I was able to direct a few productions uh, with my MFA peers. And then I, I really uh, developed a, a, a strong passion for both acting and directing. And then later on also uh, playwriting. So I think what's exciting is that when you delve into different areas of the arts, and then you're able to overlap, you can understand the other area even more than you thought because you have greater insight into how all of that works. So um, that's what I found intriguing, to, to look at things from all different sides, whether it be the actor or the director. Yeah, and, and that's sort of, that was that was the natural uh, next question that I had for you. So like, I, I'm curious then, in, in, in what ways does it help that you are also, you studied acting, you, you're a playwright, and you're a director, like, you know, is it just being able to step into the shoes of that other person of like that role? Like what, get a little bit deeper on that for me. Sure. I, I think, I mean, I just had done a post recently on auditions, for example, because as an actor, you know, there's times where you go through great rejection and you wonder, what did you do wrong? Am I even cut out for this? Should I even be pursuing this? And then from a directing point of view, I, I know that it's just impossible to cast everyone. And it's not that someone did, did something that wasn't up to par. It's that there's just not enough space where you kind of have to shape a vision and you find the essence of a character. So from both sides, I can understand that emotional turmoil. Mm -hmm. And then also uh, when I'm directing, I try to take it from the approach of being an actor. So um, I'm not saying, okay, you're going to move six steps now, pick up the coffee cup and then close the door. I'm thinking in terms of an actor, what's motivating you? Um, what, what action are you going to take to make that happen? What's going to make it real for you? So I try to approach the directing from an acting point of view, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it does. So if, um, so especially if somebody want like, if there's like a, a young, uh, kid listening, they know they want to be a director already. 
would your mm-hmm. advice be? Well, also make sure you take an acting class. You know, to, you know, learn the other aspects of what goes into being a director as well. Absolutely, I would say take an acting class. Learn how to hang a light. Take a makeup class. Take a dance class. Take a creative writing class. Any of the arts, all of them feed into each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think I think it's important to have an open mind, and then and then you can kind of have empathy for everyone else's position and, and know what they're going through. Yeah, and and I think the obvious it's obvious how that helps you be a good director. But I wonder, does being a, being a director help you be a better actor? Uh, yes, because um, from that point of view. I can take direction and and kind of be able to decipher more quickly what is the director trying to get at or how can I make the director's vision come to life while still staying true to my character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you were you were kind of on this track from an early age. Was was there anything um, anything else that you did like outside of theater and acting? type experiences that have helped you be a better actor, better director, better playwright? Yes. Going out in the world, connecting with people, listening, um, having different experiences, but really taking in those experiences. And, and that way you, you know, when you're, when you step into someone else's shoes, then you know you can better adapt because you've either experienced other people, heard their stories, listened, and then incorporate that into any character that you're playing or any play that you're directing. Mm-hmm. So I can sit at home and I can do research, and which I do, and, and delve into a script, but it helps even more if I've had life experience mm-hmm. that, that makes things more real. So then let's get into some of that life experience. So so tell our listeners a little bit about your uh, your career trajectory and, and what you've done uh, in theater and musical theater and such, um, you know, after you you got those those degrees. Sure. No, absolutely. So I spent um, a few years out in Los Angeles and that was more concentrated on acting. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I wrote a few plays um, and I had those produced and then I taught um uh, at a few universities, and then went on to freelance direct, uh, guest direct at different high schools, uh, and then work in uh, professional theater. And um, 2018, I said, I want to start my own theater company. So um, I was able to do that. It's uh, Four Chairs Theater. And uh, I was able to do Spring Awakening and Be More Chill, and then COVID hit. Um, and that kind of took down everything for everybody um, in the world. Uh, so uh, I'm now starting back up again. And I have uh, my next production this February will be Ride the Cyclone, another musical. I'm very excited about that also. Yeah. And and wow, you know, yeah, 2018 it feels like such, such a long time ago. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like such a long time ago. And if only yes. if only we could have known what we were getting ourselves into. Um, but exactly. but you know, exactly. ha- having just started that, um, uh, having just started your own theater company and also just being in the space for a long time, you know, what was what was and knowing so many people, I have to imagine in theater, mm-hmm. you know, what was your experience like? And to the extent you could talk about the experience of others when the when the pandemic hit. Uh, so. You know, my heart went out to all the people who suffered great devastation. I mean, 
like we can talk about the loss of our theater world, but it, more importantly, human loss, just mm -hmm. suffering and what everyone went through, like that just took over for me. Um, I was able to do an online musical, which was a big challenge because I never met my cast in person. I never met my production staff in person. We did everything online. And then uh, I wanted to do something um, to help. So I did three fundraisers, one for a safe place for domestic violence, uh, the Trevor Project and Circles and Ciphers. Um, so I was just trying to put some something back in the world. While, while the theater world, kind of, you know, that live theater had shut down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's great that you were able to do something that put some positive into the world when there was so much negative going on. Thank you, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do wonder uh, from your experience putting on a, a, an online musical, mm -hmm. now that things are, have been back in person, at least for a little bit, um, you know, has that helped give perspective to appreciate, you know, what you're when you could do something in person, how much more there is, you know? Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I mean, just to feel, you know, you forget, you take it for granted, that live energy mm -hmm. when you're doing when you're doing a show and you sense the audience is there, whether it's a laugh or you hear someone crying or a breath or, you know, just the energy in the room. Because why do we do theater to, to hopefully get someone to feel something that they maybe never felt before? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it can change people's lives. It, it's, it's, it's remarkable. In that small amount of space, in just that amount of time that we do live theater, what can happen? And that's the magic that we all missed when things shut down. Yeah, yeah. And the magic is back. And, yes. we're, and, and, uh, and, you know, to that end of some magic that uh, that our listeners could hopefully look forward to seeing in person, you know, let's uh, let's fill some seats. Let's get some butts and seats. Tell us about Big Fish. Oh, my goodness. Big Fish has been um, a wonderful experience. Uh, I just have an incredible cast um, and and just, uh, you know, and, and the production team I'm working with. It's it's been a gift. Um, the interesting thing about our production is it is Big Fish, the small cast edition. And what the writers did is they really went back to the story. And what is this really about? A father and son trying to reconcile. So in the, in the you know, big Broadway musical is, you know, huge ensemble. We have a very small ensemble. And so they become the voices of Edward's stories. They bring every single story to life. Um, so it's all through uh, Edward's imagination and then what they bring. So I find that exciting. And we also have two songs that are on the uh, album. They're bonus tracks, but they're going to be in our show, The River Between Us and Magic and the Man. So those are songs that are that you don't get to hear when you see the um, big cast. So I, I, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to present that. Yeah, yeah, it's um, you know, like I said, I got a chance to see see it at rehearsal. So now I've seen um, I I've seen the movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I love the movie. I know there's a book. I've yet to read or listen to the book, so that I'm not counting that here. But then when when they came through, when the what would be the Broadway cast came through Chicago in 2013, and I learned this in my interview with Kate Baldwin that I actually saw her and like that cast perform at Broadway in Chicago. Oh, and wow. so I saw. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so I um I, I learned that in the interview that it was her because <laughs> like, I didn't know at the time, and so, and so but but like they're all different but they're all great 
right? And there's some, but but I will say there's something about this um, about this small like the smaller version that just has such tight storytelling that really like it still packs an emotional punch. Yes, and I believe um, right. Even it it delves even deeper into that, right? Because suddenly you're just you've got the father and the son, and it, it's still apparent that they just can't connect. Um, so, and I, I, during my research, I did read the book and, oh gosh, that brought me great insight into what the author was going for. And, um, that was my goal. I wanted to bring the, you know, all that I read in the book onto the stage. So I, I feel that we've accomplished that. And that's what this excites me about this production in particular. Yeah. Yeah. And especially it's the first time just watching the rehearsal performance is the first time seeing it and seeing the story as a parent because I have an almost two-year-old. Oh. And so having, and you know, and I have a daughter and so it is about a father-son relationship, but um, just, it's just about being, a, about being a parent and the emotions that are tied up in that and then seeing it performed. It's, it's really a, a great story for parents too. I, I 100% agree. And it does, you're right. Does father, son, mother, daughter, child, parent. It's really just the the human connection. Like you even take the song, Fight the Dragon. And on the surface, it's just, you know, father saying, hey, but really what he's saying is that uh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to fight the dragons and do everything until you're old enough where you could fight your own dragons. So I'm going to protect you and keep you safe until you go out in the world. Um, there's just so, oh my gosh, it, it, there's so much weight for a parent to watch this, this musical. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, uh, you know, was, was there anything, you know, we're getting close to, um, uh, to opening night, you know, was there anything throughout the process, like anything you learned, you know, in what ways did your vision change from start to opening night or has it more or less stayed the same because it was like a, it was a strong vision and you knew where you wanted to take the characters and such? I had a very strong vision. I don't want to give away my vision because I think it's it's very different from other uh, productions, especially uh, toward the end. Um, so I have very strong vision. But I, what I will tell you is a director can go into the room and have a vision, but it's the cast and an open-minded cast that will bring that vision to life. Mm-hmm. So I think through all of the discussions and discoveries, they – they created an even stronger vision than I could have ever imagined. And so even the discussions and like we were talking about, uh, you know, the river and what it signifies, the river between us and maybe it's the turmoil and, but maybe in the end, the river represents peacefulness and flowing together. So there's just so, so much you can, Mm -hmm. you know, take away from this, from this. It's, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Well, if I was a listener and I just heard all that, I would be buying a ticket right now, which, by the way, if you're listening, you could check the show notes and there's a link to go buy tickets. So right now, so go buy your tickets and then come back and listen to the rest of this interview, because what's next is uh, is I'm going to be asking Lauren what some of her favorite shows are that she's directed and her favorite shows that she's been an audience member. So, OK, you've gone and done that. You've clicked the link. You're back. Lauren, what are some of the favorite shows you've directed first? And then we'll get into you as an audience member. And I'm not making you pick your number one favorite because that would be cruel. So you could pick a few. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is this is difficult. This is difficult for me because there's so many. Uh, I I hold a special place in my heart for In the Heights. Um, I think that was that was an unbelievable experience to direct that show. Um, 
Miss Saigon, another one that I love directing. Uh, and also at the top of my list, Sweeney Todd. So that's like, oh, and also, sorry, see, there's too many because I also, it's not a musical, but Sideman, that was one of my favorite uh, productions to direct also. Um, and I, I guess if I had to find a theme, you know, when I, when I think about this, now that you asked me, it's, it's all about empathy and the um, human condition. And, and, and I also love directing Fiddler on the Roof when I think about, you know, how communities go through changes and then what ties them together, what pulls them together to go on. So I think you can find uh, that theme running through all of my favorites. Mm-hmm. That's great. So now as, an, now as an audience member, you know, putting yourself in just, just you get to, you don't have to worry about directing, you know, can you sit back and relax? And I guess that's another question for you. As a director, actor, playwright, are you able to sit back and just enjoy a show anymore without thinking about it from those perspectives? Okay, I love when a show is so great that it takes me out of being a director. So I'm not saying, well, well that tr- transition seemed kind of long or that costume needed a better hem. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I just want to go to the theater and be immersed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I saw Sean Hayes in Goodnight Oscar, and that was an unbelievable performance re- recently that I saw. Um, this goes way back, but I saw a play called Twigs with Cloris Leachman that also changed my life. It was just uh, unbelievable. Uh, my, my dad, I grew up, um, my dad is not an actor by trade, but, um, did a lot of theater and those memories of watching my dad on stage, like in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, um, I got to direct him in, uh, The Drawer Boy and Visiting Mr. Bean. Those are also some of my favorite memories and also watching them come to life with my, my dad was special. And, and that's family, right? And, you know, the time yes. you spent with family, and that's what Deerfield Family Theater is all about. Absolutely. And I was able to direct um, my, my son in a show and my daughter. I have four children. So I think we've shared a lot of experiences, whether it be directing or playwriting, um, acting, music, all of it. So the arts, I think it's important to for children to be introduced to the arts. I think it can help no matter what career path you take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and, and on that note, I guess a little bit of a selfish question, uh, sure. but I'm sure this will be useful for other potential parents uh, who are listening, is that is I have an almost two-year-old who is already kind of singing Moon River and already kind of singing Tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and, and so, like, you know, we sing around here and obviously I'm on the Deerfield Family Theater Board. I like the arts. I've never done it really professionally. I've acted here and there. Um, but with somebody who sees like so much potential in their child, you know, how do you cultivate that? Well, I, 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 don't, I hope I'm not reversing the question, but what I will say is try not to take away their imagination. The gift of a child's imagination and creativity um, we tend to then once they start school, right, we kind of stifle it, you know, you need to be quiet, you need to stay within these boundaries, these lines. Kids have the greatest gift of just natural instincts and in doing what they feel. Think about their emotions, right? It could be crying one minute and laughing in the other. So I would say nurture the play, nurture the creativity. Um, you know, nowadays there's so many screens and phones and computers and TV. How about just playing with, with not even toys there, creating imaginary games, creating an imaginary friend, all of that. I think that just 
keeps the creative mind going and that feeds into um, somebody who will love the arts. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, well, um, with with that, I'm going to uh, end on a uh, another question that has become a recurring question, and that is, uh, is it okay to listen to the soundtrack of a musical before seeing it? What do you think? If if seeing it is within reason, because I know it's like I don't mean like going to Broadway, right? Because that's not in reach for everyone. But if you know, if you have the choice to listen to a soundtrack before you see it, do you hold off? I I don't think so. I think it's fun to go in and know the music and kind of get an idea of it. I think if you're gonna you know watch video after video before you see it, I I, I would shy away from that. But why not? If the if the music you know fills you and inspires you to want to see more of the story. I think that's wonderful. I love it. I love it. That, that's been where most of these answers are going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, because it's so much r- richer when you see it performed in person, but then you have more context because you've been listening. And so you hear it. So you could Exactly. Like I had heard Hamilton before I got to see it. And then, oh, my goodness, when you get to see the, what they did with that. That is, yeah, it's, it was the same with us. Because that was also because you couldn't see Hamilton because it was sold out for so long. Right, 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, I think that's exciting when, you, when you've dreamed about it or you have your own vision and, and then, wow, oh my goodness, here it is. Right, right. Um, yeah. I mean, and plus, you know, is it that much of a spoiler? It was, it was based on history, right? So, exactly. <laughs> this is all, yeah. this is all. No, it's, it's interesting. Even though I'll know a story ahead of time, I still can have. Uh, you know, a deep visceral reaction like West Side Story. I'm still telling Tony to run at the end. I'm still <laughs> saying, go, go, go. So, um, and again, it's the imagination, right? Right. And, and what we create. Right. Absolutely. Well, uh, well, Lauren Berman, it was a pleasure to have you uh, on uh, on the podcast. Um, and this this is unlike a lot of these episodes. This is going live within 48 hours. So tell. Tell our listeners, when's the, the first night they could go see the show? It's this Friday night. Oh, exciting. I'm so excited. Please come and, and please bring family and share share this story. It's important. It's a it's one that will, I hope, stay with you even after the lights go up at the end. Yeah. And, and, uh, and this Friday night is already sold out. So you better get your tickets if you're listening to this. Woo! You better get your tickets because <laughs> nights are starting to get sold out. So it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday's the matinee at 2 yes. p.m. Yes, and the following weekend. Same thing, the following weekend. All right, well, we hope to have everybody there. We look forward to seeing you. Lauren, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Of course. And that's our show. Please share this podcast to help support the work of Deerfield Family Theater. An even better way to support DFT is to go see Big Fish this weekend. Visit DeerfieldTheater.com to purchase tickets. As always, links are in the show notes. If you'd like to get in touch, send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash DFT. We might even add your voice message to a future show. Until next time, thanks to everyone who continues to support the arts. We'll see you at the theater.